put off the ground up the ropes and so I, I only tried it once I think and same with the rings I, I just couldn't lift myself up at all so I just tried them once and after that I just used to say oh well, I, I can't do that and I said, but you, you must try and I said oh no look I tried it before and I just couldn't get up I'd just be wasting my time yeah at Caulfield they just say get up there you know they just walk up and say get up start whipping you if you yeah, don't yeah I mean, you'd be terrified of, of not doing it sort of thing that, that rope was the only thing I excelled in in sport. I could get up a 25-foot rope hanging vertical in six seconds. Before you break your arm? No, no, no. That had nothing to do with the arm. That was a vaulting horse, which I curse and swear at. Yeah, I'm just saying it would have been before you break your arm that you could do that. No, no. That was when I got into the into the raft, oh. which was pretty cool. Does having a plate in your arm sort of affect you in any way? No, no. It's in the middle of my forearm. Oh, you're just holding four, the bones. I've got four self-tappers in it, which, which are going rusty. Oof. Because he tried taking it, it took him three hours with all sorts of weird-looking instruments. Most horrifying to be wheeled into an operating theatre with all these stainless steel hammers and. What you awake? Oh, pre-med, you know. Mm-hmm. Bit fuzzy, but I remember all. I couldn't could, couldn't get over this completely stainless steel claw hammer thing, and you know hammers and chisels and um, adjustable spanners and things. And yeah, he fiddled away for three hours trying to get this thing out, but he couldn't get couldn't get the screws out because they'd gone all, all rusty and rotten. <laughs> You've been through some interesting experiences. Interesting oh. in inverted commas. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Couldn't he have drilled them out? No, he tried doing that. He he, um, he tried making new heads on them and everything, but they just got they were just too far gone. It was ten years ago. The Actually, plate the plate was all right, but the screws weren't good good material, you know. Screws are a bit hard to drill out because they're usually harder than the drill. Well, you can't you can't screw them out of the middle of your bone. I mean, how are you going to drill that out? Make an, you know you slip with something and could make a mess, I guess. But he couldn't get them out, and he's. Uh, Blake I had was about the second best orthopedic bloke around in Victoria. Mm. Cost me a packet, but you know, all he had to do then, after the, after all this, when I when I had to, uh, I said, well, if you want to get in, you know, you'll have to go and get this uh, this this plate removed because they think it's going to affect your arm, which it won't. And then they said, well, once you have that taken out, you'll have to go to four other specialists and have them write tri- triplicate or quintuplet copy letters to us to say that your arm's not going to be affected in any way. And anyway, after I finished it all, I couldn't get it out anyway. This this bloke scribbled on a on a prescription pad across it sideways. Uh, arm is perfectly all right, full functions. And he said he ripped it off his pad. You know, he goes, yeah, give him that, you know. Mm. I said, I'll oh, give it a break. I can't take that back and give him that. He said, no, <laughs> I said, oh, well, look, could you type me out something? So I typed the same thing out in one and a half lines on a page. I took it in. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, no worries. Oh, good. You know, that's cost me X many hundred DB for him to say, yeah, that's all right now. Uh-oh. No difference. It's all I've had my arm cut open. Did you have to pay for it yourself? Eh? Hey? You have to pay for all this yourself? Oh, yeah. Oh. My word, yeah. What are you doing in the RAF now? Radio tech. Oh, yeah. Whereabouts? Down Leviton. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, I'm glad I did, you know. But, uh, a lot of garbage to go through. A lot of r- rubbish, you know. What's it reasonably interesting, is it? Oh, I, I like it. Yeah. yeah, I like it. You done any flying at all? No, no, we're going to need to do with the planes. I'm a no, no, I was just, just wondering whether you'd sort of done any just off your own bet or just out of interest or anything. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. Uh, not interested in it. Would you be able, would you be able to get cheap flying lessons? Being in, uh, in the RAF? We've got a glider thing down there and that sort of thing, but yeah. no, I don't think so. Actually gliding's more fun. Most of the instructors down at Mraven spend all their spare time gliding. Hmm. They don't go flying, they go gliding as, as a as a hobby. Yeah, I've, I've heard gliding's very good pastime. It is, it's really, you know, ethereal. It's beautiful apparently. Yeah, because it'd be so peaceful. And it's and not that expensive either. It's only about ten dollars a trip or something. You'd have to use your brain to stay up. This beautiful music in the beck and ball strings while you 
Yeah, the, the music they play for that like Philips, TV. Philips TV yeah. and with the sale coming out into your living room. Hmm. <laughs> la -da. When we were glide into the side of a hang. <laughs> <laughs> when we were in when the Agar and I were in Sydney, we were near a RAF base, and they just used to spend all the time flying because there was a, an amateur there, um, VK2 said something or other, mm. and he used to talk to us on his Ken from the glider. Oh, he, yeah. he used to get out really terrifically with a Ken, of course, because he was up, you know, so many hundred feet, feet or thousand yeah. feet. He's so good, yeah. wouldn't and um, he, they used to just go gliding all their spare time. Yeah, yeah. You know, all, all of them there. It was really, really popular. Yeah. It was quite interesting to work someone glide a mobile too. Yeah, it would of be. Course. Mm. Yeah, the only thing that used to get me about that sort of stuff was the fact that you couldn't fly into these beautiful, fluffy, cumulus clouds that you'd always, you know, you'd been seeing them since the day you were born. Mm. These beautiful, thick things that look like ice cream and you can't fly into the bloody things because they've got such fantastic updrafts and then they rip your wings off so that, you know flying into those clouds was a no-no apart from the fact that if two people did it at the same time you might hit each other but um just from the point of view of wrecking the aircraft apparently the updrafts are something phenomenal in fact this is interesting yeah. because there was an airliner crash <coughs> over mount fuji a few years ago yeah a 707 oh, so. a yeah. 707 uh, with some tour, they wanted to see Mount Fuji close to the pilot. I don't know, he didn't know that jet, jet... Didn't know that planes, if they hit mountains, tended to stop he quickly. He didn't know that, like, you know, you could probably fly over it in a DC-3 or something because it's going slowly. I suppose you could. But anyway, because you're flying along at 600 miles an hour, all of a sudden the plane's expected to form an almost perfect right angle and jump up a few thousand feet because <laughs> the updraft. The wings broke off in flight and it pranged. And all the people this on was it in a cloud, was it? In what a cloud? No, it was just going over the mountain. Oh, just the updraft coming up yeah. off the mountain. We, if you know how big Mount Fuji is, about mm. 11,000 feet tall and all the rest, if you flew into the updraft of that. That's a point, because if you've got wind sort of air going over the mountain, it'd follow the contour of the mountain. That's right. So if you've anyway, got a sudden rise, it'd be like hitting a lower wall. the top of this mountain and the wings just fell off the aeroplane. Yeah, well, that'll sort of happen too, I suppose, when you think about it. Planes don't fly so well without wings. No. no well, they do, but they, they come down one direction. more quickly than usual. Mm. I wonder if the same thing Thinking will happen of planes, on Mount yeah. Edmond. Have you seen this movie they've been advertising with Noah's Ark? Yeah, yeah. I went and saw that tonight. Yeah. It's quite good. What, what's that got to do with planes, though? Nothing. I just thought... <laughs> <flying. laughs> Didn't you know Noah built a big aeroplane and got two of every animal and put them all in it? And they he crap. flew around and in the only thing, for the only thing he forgot days. was the wings. Yeah. Oh, well, if you... It, this is the point of the movie. They, they they talk about it all and that. It's a very interesting movie. They talk about... Oh, you know, about all the, the things like you think, well, how the hell, how the, how the hell are eight, eight people going to collect two of every animals, you know? Yeah. Every animal... Oh, it's actually the real thing. How are they going to feed them, eh? It's actually literally yeah, about Noah's Ark. Yeah, the, did you know they've done any expeditions up to this thing back in 17-something? What? They, they've known it's been there for years. What? You... you you're, Noah's telling me, Ark. you're saying there actually was a Noah's Ark? Yeah, it's up there. It's on Mount... Uh, what? Is what? <laughs> really? I've yeah, it's still there. Yes, yes, yes. I've I thought there was about. just one of those fables. No, no, no. This is what amused me. I didn't even know about any of this. But hang on. That means that everything surrounding that in the Bible could have been true. Yeah, that's right. That's most interesting. But, 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 yep. but, yeah, I've but, heard this before. But, 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 but that had messages from God and everything in it. Yeah. You know, telling... We're getting religious here. Play the spot, uh, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly. That's a Jewish one. <laughs> yeah. um, um, no, that's... I mean, that was that would be the one part in the Bible that I've sort of disbelieved the most. 
No, well, it's, it's there. They've got pictures. This is what the movie's been. They've got pictures of it and the bits of wood they've brought it back from it. And uh, They've been having expedi expeditions up there for some years, but the reason they won't excavate, or not excavate it, the reason they won't bring the thing down is because it's on the Turkish-Russian border. Yeah. Of course, the people who'd be going to go out there and do it would be the Yanks, and they can't. So, oh. because they're too scared they'll start into Russia wouldn't like it, and they'd want to do it first, and all sort of thing. Yeah, it's sort of touchy. Yeah, very. this is why they won't touch it. They, t they explain that at the end of the movie, which yeah. is how it's so unfortunate. Oh, though. I see. It's a sort of a documentary. Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's quite a thing to see on television. Yeah. But it's, um, they've got pictures and, and all this sort of thing of the ark. It was 450 <laughs> feet long and 70 foot wide and about... I don't know, I think it was about 25 feet high or something like that. Good heavens. 30 something feet high. It was a 6 to 1 ratio and all this sort of thing in design and uh, extremely buoyant and, you know, a very good design for bad, bad seas and all this sort of thing. And they still use it today in tankers and stuff, you know, and they explain really? all this sort of thing and talk <laughs> green. How do you get um, all the info designer? It's, um, it's there, it's sticking out, it's broken in two now. And one, one part of it's at 15,000 feet. What's the name of that stupid mountain? In Turkey. Um, oh, God. Okay, I can think of whatever it is. Is that in the... Is that, no, that wasn't in the Bible, was it, where it finished? Mount yeah. Ararat. Was it? Yeah, they stayed at this mountain, and that's where they looked for it. Oh, that'll be the one of the story. It. It's stuck in a glacier, actually. <coughs> well, that's very interesting. Half the, the front half of it's at 15,000 feet. Yeah. And the second half apparently got broken off in some sort of an avalanche some years ago, and it's down to about 14,000 feet. Is this because the ground... Is this because the, the mountain rose after it got there, or...? No, no, no. Um, well, according to the story, the place was covered in water up to... Yeah. So that was the whole point of having the ark, was the, that... The water apparently covered all, everything on the earth. Uh, even the highest mountain, it was 23 feet above the highest mountain, so that'd be Everest, I suppose. Mm. But where did the water come from? Ah, well, this is... Um, they, they had a bloke on there, some sort of scientist, and he said that um, at this time, they believed that the earth actually had a, rate, a shift of its axis shifted and shifted to some 26 degrees and then moved back again to about its present 23 degrees and this caused a sort of a sloshing motion you get if you try and, you know, if you shake a bucket full of water suddenly, it all laps up and out one side. Really? Yeah, and they say this is what happened and it, all the seas just moved up and came across all the continents. It's <laughs> 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 incredible. Beatty's uh, just laughing so loudly, it's hard to say anything. I, I don't know whether I could really credit that. Why not? Why not? Oh, oh, I just can't see, I'll cover what this. What force would cause... Well, you can, calcu you can calculate the force that would require the Earth to shift its axis yeah. and uh, the external force, this, you'd have to, you could work out which celestial body could cause that and uh, yeah. uh, work out the time and you'll find that there isn't one that could have done it. I don't, mm. I wouldn't agree at all. If Why you not? had a, if one of the planets was formed at that time, say Pluto was flung off. Formed? This is, we're talking about the near, the... We don't know how long Pluto's or We're not talking about 4,000 years ago, that's not right. 4,000 billion That's right, ago. all right, you give me the, you give me the formation date of each planet, Philip. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. Philip? But they're a lot... Because they're, they're not... older than 4,000 years. We don't know that. Yes, we do. How? by spectra from the radio telescope. Rubbish. There's no way of dating the age of planets at the moment. Oh, what a load of... How would you date the age of a planet? Really incredible. They're a cold body. Pluto only affects the orbit. By absorption. 
Anyway, it could have been anything. It could have been another another body get passing through the solar system. There's any number of possible causes. That, that sounds like. Look, if a body if a body the size of the Earth passed very close to the Earth, it could do it. Came through here, yeah, it would. It would run into it. That's right. I mean, don't don't exo yeah. authoritarian for, no. for God's sake. If it had moved the if it had been strong enough force to move the Earth's axis by that amount, the two <coughs> bodies would have collided. Oh rubbish! If if one's travelling through at up to hundred thousand miles an hour and it, it goes within a few Earth diameters of the Earth, do you think they're going to collide? They could. Come on, really. They wouldn't change direction that quickly. You could easily wobble the thing in its orbit without having a collision. It's like when you throw a nail past a magnet. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a million to yeah. one chance of having a large body come that close and but doing it. If you, throw, if if you, you throw two magnets past each other across the table at a high enough speed, you'll move one. Yeah, uh, the other one will slide past, but they won't collide, stick together or anything, yet you've still shifted one of them. Yeah, one will shift, but it won't shift back again. Yes, it will. No, it won't. No. If it's, oh, got it's, some re if it's got something holding it there in the first place, it will. If there's another What's magnet holding it in position. There's nothing yeah. holding the Earth well, in position. Yes, there yes, is. There is. The, the, the gravitational the thing sun. of the Sun. There's the centrifugal force balanced by the... Anyway, the planet, the planet as it goes past could have pulled it, you know, one way as it sort of came towards and pulled it back the other way as it went away, or vice versa, anyway. Rubbish. What do you mean, rubbish? Just, I agree what you just said about uh, the magnetic collision, and you said rubbish to that, and I agree with you, and it's the same thing applies... I didn't say rubbish to it at all. I agree no, with it. No, to the magnetic collision, I yeah. mean, if you've got a travelling fast... Philip, you're overloading completely. Sorry, uh, if you've got a... Bo I'm, I am talking about... I didn't that's better, away. that's better, that's better. <coughs> um, now you've gone too far. If, if, a, if a body goes too uh, fast enough past it, I agree, it won't collide. Yeah. But the same thing goes for what Mark's statement is, I would agree with, in that uh, if it does make a collision, the momentum which is transferred to the other body, can't be restored again once the body is passed. Who said anything about a collision? A collision being any interaction, interaction. any gravitational interaction is a collision, and if you remember well, your basic physics... Well, that's the first time I've ever heard that definition in my entire life, that a collision, like a, of a collision being defined as two bodies coming close. What a and load of absolute rubbish. A collision rubbish. When two bodies mechanically hit Crap. A collision is where two bodies collide and exchange momentum. What's that got to do with it? What's, what's, the, what's terminology got to do with the argument? Everything, because we sort of agree that a collision wasn't necessary and you're now defining a collision as anything where they interact even slightly. Mm. I'm, so, I'm not saying... Let's get that our definitions right. No, I'm not, yeah. I, I, I was agreeing with you before. That's why I started off saying I agree with you that a, an actual physical contact wouldn't, wouldn't take place. Mm. But if an interaction, magnetic interaction, didn't did occur, hmm. and momentum hmm. was transferred from one object to another, hmm. and the body went past, there was no way that the momentum could be transferred yes. back from the second body back to the first. Yes. And you know well, you that think from it's a, basic you, physics. You think it's a one-way transfer, do you? No, they both lose equal. They'll, they'll both they won't lose any momentum whatsoever, either of them. The total momentum will remain constant. Right. Well, what one body They'll loses, the other one gains. Momentarily, until they pass away from no. each other. No. How can you give me a situation in which that can occur? The only way you'll lose momentum is in a direct physical contact collision. Otherwise, momentum's conserved unconditionally. Momentum's conserved anyway. No, not at all. Momentum's lost in a collision, Philip. Energy, energy is conserved. Momentum is not.
Wrong. Wrong. Well, go and look up your physics book. Wrong. You lose momenta in a collision. That's garbage. It's not you've, garbage. You've forgotten your physics. No, you have, Philip. If you have two... Energy is conserved in an elastic collision. Energy is unconditionally conserved. Momenta is not. In fact, you conserve energy, but you do not conserve momenta simultaneously. Wrong. It's the other way round, Taylor. I'll go and get the book. In an elastic collision... Just or in go any and collision, get the book. You conserve momentum. In an elastic collision, you conserve both. Well, right, I'm a, because friction will cause. You're quite loss. wrong because we were absolutely amazed, and I remember the class's reaction quite distinctly. Have you got this on log? Went yes. Good. I remember the I remember the class's re reaction at uni high when I was doing it part time yes. quite distinctly. When the guy tried to explain to us how it was that you could have a collision in which um, energy was conserved and momentum was lost, and nobody in that class, including myself, um, mm. at that time, in fact, I still don't completely understand how that can happen. But Obviously it's a fact. because the guy was bullshit. No, because it was in the PSSC book and there was a big thing about the film in it as well. Momentum is always concerned. Oh, God. I'll go and get the book, Philip. Just right, stand by. Go I've on. got it here, I think. Actually, I've got a horrible feeling it's up at Baronia. <laughs> Just a sec. Have you got one there, um, John? No, I haven't, unfortunately. There's a big, there's a big thing in, in PSSC about momentum. See, if you really want to be specific, energy and momentum are always conserved, but energy in, the, in kinetic energy isn't. Look, I've got a prac, a I've got a prac Philip, where we proved yeah. in the prac that momentum is lost in an elastic collision. You know what, Tony? I used to have a PSSC garbage from the school and the fish gave it What do you back? think we did all those pracs for to try and prove the reverse? You, you why are, would you do it? You a, were proving, Philip, you've got a very poor memory. You were proving that the total energy was conserved. Total were, energy is always conserved in the system. <laughs> yes. <coughs> I'll have a look and see if I've got the book, but I don't think I have, yeah. unfortunately. Resnick and Halliday, page 164. When the resultant external force acting on a system is zero, the total vector momentum of the system remains constant. Really? Yes. That's right. I think you've got things mixed up a bit. What you're talking about is in a, an elastic collision, if there's... Uh, oh, sorry, in elastic con uh, collision, yeah. um, energy is transferred due to... Um, yeah, that's, that's all obvious. None of us, we're not arguing. None of us are arguing about well, the energy side. We're only arguing about the momentum side. Momentum... No... Well, if you had two objects moving opposite directions at a given speed and they both weighed the same, they collided. Once they, they collided and stopped, they wouldn't have any more they momentum left. No, but in an elastic collision, they rebound. They rebound, um, John. That's right. But I'm just trying to think the total of the system. I'll read more, if you like, yeah, just to clarify it. Yeah. Um, the total momentum of a system can only be changed by external forces acting on the system. The internal forces being equal and opposite produce equal and opposite changes in momentum which annul one another. Yeah. For a system of particles, momentum 1 plus 2 equals total momentum. Total yeah. momentum is constant, blah, blah. The momentum of the individual particles may change, but their sum remains constant if there is no net external force. Yeah. Momentum is a vector quantity. Um... All right, OK, well, I'll stand corrected on that one. Yeah, I'm that's right. Well, two, two I'm, sli hard. I'm slightly amazed. Yeah, two ball bearings running into each other is a classic example yeah. of all uh, that. It continues on. Yeah, they bounce away about the speed Just they collided, don't they? 
It says the conservation of energy, on the other hand, supplies us with only one condition of, on the motion of a system to which it applies, because energy is a scalar. I'll look up. I could look up the energy one and show you that it's only conserved in a um, elastic collision. Yeah. And oh, that's all straightforward. So yes, but this is another interesting thing. I was thinking about planets. If they happen to collide, would it be? Would it be an elastic collision or would it be a situation where you've got be two... Oh, that's off the track. So we, we've said that there was no we, collision. We've got off the track completely, but before we go back to what we were talking about before, I'll just yeah. clear up the... Quote from where? Um, find it, yeah. Right. Well, as you can think from atomic theory, once the thing gets close enough, the forces between nuclei of atoms become so great that they never ever contact. Correct, so there's, never, so there's never a collision. Uh, electrostatic or magnetic elastic collisions. Right? Correct? Or Sorry, what was that last thing, Philip? All collisions are what? So therefore, if you agree with that logic... Oh, hang on. Mm -hmm. Collisions are not limited to cases in which two bodies come into contact in the usual sense. Resnick and Halliday, page 182. Bodies that do not come into contact but exert forces on one another and disturb each other's motion can also said to be said to collide. Oh, shit, I've been shot there in flames twice. Twice in three minutes. But that <laughs> is not also. They haven't allowed... Oh, don't no, overload, Philip, please. They it's also haven't, in that they, they're using terminology in collision being two things coming in contact but if you actually look in a more um, a smaller view at the actual collision you'll see that the actual bodies never contact and you can never have two bodies contacting anyway because oh yeah okay yeah, right. theoretically okay. because the pre uh, I'll yeah. continue on because it's That's got the other reason I don't usually argue a thing unless I've read it recently next Paragraph. I'm to forget it and get it all wrong. No, I, was, I, had, I had definitely set in my mind that uh, Memento was lost. Mm. Oh, just another, another point that Although finally... Although, what about another situation? We did, there are non-elastic collisions, aren't there? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'm just about to get to that. The third paragraph on page 182. Collisions are usually classified according to whether or not kinetic energy is conserved in the collision. When kinetic energy is conserved in a collision, the collision is said to be elastic. Mm. Otherwise, the collision is inelastic. Mm. Oops. Collisions between atomic and subatomic particles are sometimes elastic. Um, Sorry about this, Tim. You're probably bored to death. Um, most collisions are inelastic. Um, talking about balls and things here. Yeah, and the body's deformed at the same time. I mean, that's they're both correct statements. I, I can't understand how you passed HSC physics. I got an A for HSC physics, Philip. So did I. I got 91%. OK, fair enough. Well, I got 86%, but it was still an A. So. Well, I got 86 It was exactly the same as me. What yeah, fair enough. OK. Um, but don't get insulting, Philip. No, this is... I'm the pleased. The point is that, that you're only thinking of collisions where the bodies actually touch each other, like a couple of billiard balls. Oh, that's the point. Yeah, if you have a collision as you define well, it, the, being one where they actually well, touch. That's what we're talking about, two planets that yeah. have gone near, but I must have, to... Well, I don't like the definition, really, because... You know, when, when you talk about collision, one normally thinks of... All right, let's talk... We'll call it a gravitational interaction between planets, OK? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what we're talking about. And OK. The stored, it's potential gravitational energy yeah. is stored as, and there's no deformation of the Earth. Yeah. Um, we cer we certainly never had it described to us that way um, by any of our lecturers as a collision being, well, as you've defined it out of the book. The actual argument started off... Could the momentum be transferred to the Earth and then the Earth transfer momentum back? And I'm trying to 
um, argue that that couldn't happen uh, because in any collision, the interaction, or sorry, any interaction, the um, the interaction proceeds by the object getting nearer and nearer the other object, mm. and the uh, forces interact and momentum is being transferred. And when the man- momentum is transferred, um, fully transferred, the objects are as close as they ever get. Mm. So from then on, the objects get further apart. How do you mean the momentum fully transferred? Like what change? Is there at that particular point? Tim will be wishing he'd never brought up the subject, Nothing happens instantaneously. It gradually happens from when no, the objects are an infinite distance to when they get the closest distance. But being an inverse square law, it happens mm. mostly when they get very close. Yeah. And when the, by the time the objects get to the, <coughs> the closest uh, point, mm. um, that is when most of the... Mo- is that most of the momentum is transferred? I've, I'm sort yeah. of trying to follow you when you say I, I, when you're I saying can, momentum transferred. Picture. I'm trying to quantitatively picture. I always the change. I um, always picture these things, and I always did in physics. Just sort of two objects. Call them, if you like, think of two um, sphere magnets, if you if, if that was possible. Um, yeah, well, that's a fair enough thing. You can uh, coming near each other and yeah. not actually touching. Yeah. And as they come towards each other, they'll uh, one will attract the other, and they'll get. At one point, they'll be closest, and then they'll get further away again. Hmm, that's right. And well, you can sort of mention two it electrons. It seems common sense to me. I I've sort of lost my train of. I was going to try and explain it, but. I um we're trying we're just trying to work out I mean Mark I was trying to say that the the Mark's, momentum yeah go on Mark started off by saying and I think you were in complete agreement with him that it would be totally impossible for the earth to be shifted off axis and then shift back on That's right that's what I'm just trying to say at the moment that's what I'm trying to get onto if the momentum was transferred it couldn't be transferred back because for it to be transferred back the there would have to be a second interaction and there's only ever one interaction because the object gets close, gets closer and closer, and then the interaction occurs, and then that gets further and further away. And if it gets further and further away, there's less and less interaction. If I can follow that sort of well, why logic. should the Earth have moved one way and moved back again? Why why couldn't it have been at a slightly different axis before and then permanently moved, and then somehow over years and years and years, due to various things, it worked its way back? That's a point, actually. I mean, half, half of that's a point. Um, yeah. Why half couldn't of that's a p- I can't see which half of that was a point. The half that is the point is if a body comes past the Earth, shifts the axis as it passes, um, the slopping motion. Slopping in a rather large sense. In other no, words, the... slopping only is due to um, inertia. Yeah, but and it wouldn't have to move back again to slop. If it was going to slop, it, it could just jolt it off. The slopping picture, you're talking about only occurs when you've got something like a, a liquid which has got inertia and it's pushed in one direction and it's put up a, pushed up a, um, an energy hill and it comes back down. Now, we're talking about an energy hill too, but uh, when the objects get closer and closer, the other object gets um, uh, pushed uh, up an energy hill. Hang on, how about tides? Tides? Yeah. They're affected by the moon. That's just gravity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now, if a body if a body passed very close to the Earth, hmm. you get 
um, king-size, thousand-foot-high tides quite easily if a body That's passed right. quite close. So it might move close enough not not to have to move the air. I mean, the moon the moon pulls the moon pulls them up uh, six feet from a distance of half a million miles, mm. quarter of a million miles. So if a body passed within a couple of thousand miles mm. of us, okay, see you just go up in the air. Yeah, but if that no, happened, I'm, I'm it would have. I'm, I'm still trying to find an out here. But, um, how fast the body would have had to have been moving if it was a th went a thousand miles. Obviously, the closer it goes to the Earth, the faster it has to be going for it not to collide. And if it was going, if it was a th within a thousand miles of the Earth, mm. if, I think if you work out how fast it has to be going, it would only pull them up for a matter of a few minutes or something. Oh, I could have. Yeah, well, I it don't would know. have only been a thousand miles from the Earth. I think for you know, seconds, it would have to be moving so fast not to run into. Well, it. I wouldn't. The, I wouldn't go so far as to you know suggest how long it would be. But well, um, I mean, the, the point is that the Noah business time. claims 40, 40 days. And uh, for it to happen for that long, um, I think the body uh, wouldn't have got too close. Well, that's your that's your opinion. Can I comment on that? Very well. That's no. That's just an opinion you're drawing out of the air. It's a bit hard to substantiate. Come back on again. You probably wish well, you'd never brought up. Yeah, we could work it out. It, you can get a feel for for relative um, masses and velocities. You can sort of um, make some judgment on that. I'd tend to agree, although I couldn't make, you know, minutes or seconds I couldn't say to, but 40 days I could certainly be against. Um, Why? Because of the... Look, what, the what if the... For velocity what if the body What if the body came in on a parabolic path following approximately the same... It would um, come in on... Well, not, on not, not the same orbit as the Moon, but following an orbit which was, say, a, a tenth the distance of the Moon and did a, a sort of a parabola around the Earth and swung out again, going back, you know, not quite the same way it came, but going back in the same general direction. It could yeah, conceivably... it would be hyperbolic, anyway. It would be hyperbolic. Um, oh, look, don't... Like, I couldn't give a stuff what the actual mathematical shape of the curve is, Philip, really. Well, and OK. You know, a curvy path, does that okay, make you happy? OK, a curvy path past yeah. the Earth, and it's, what, it's going to be a tenth of the distance between... Something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Sufficiently close that it gets swung right around. OK, now, now, now sort of picture how fast it's going to not actually collide with it. Well, I don't know. I mean, this happens quite commonly. Comets, comets come in quite regularly and do exactly that round the sun and go back out almost yeah, the well way they came. The velocity of a comet the comets when are it's, quite small. it's near its, um, what do you call it, where it goes near the, um, the source of, of gravity yep. is incredibly... Hang on. Yeah, uh, miles per hour. It would be incredibly high, but we're talking in terms of galactic distances. Yeah, it is incredibly high. Uh, yeah. And that's, no, it's not incredibly high. It's incredibly high within our conception. Think of an orbit which oh, is... Uh, <laughs> what do you mean, Mark, please? Would you explain to everybody listening what you mean by incredibly high? In, galac in a galactic sense... What do you mean? It, relative to you keep ramming it down our throats. Yeah, now, what do you mean by it? Relative to its velocity in other parts of its orbit... orbit. Think of Halley's Comet. Yeah, well, obviously, we know it's faster. We know it's faster. But what do you mean by, quote, incredibly high, unquote? Well, I don't Because I don't think know. you know what you mean. I do. I'm You're all right. What do you mean? I'm giving an example of something like Halley Co Halley's Comet, yeah. which takes 76 years to complete its orbit, yet the part done within, say, an Earth's radius of the Sun, or, no, say, closer than that, uh, is done within a matter of, I think, a few weeks.
something like that. Yeah, that, that's what I was pointing out, that that part of, in, a, in a, an elliptical orbit where the, um, the gravitational object is at one end. That's quite good, a few weeks, <clears throat> like about 40 days. No, that's, we, we <laughs> it doesn't, we're not talking, Wrong. we're talking about an orbit of, of a, a thing around the sun, not a, a thing passing around the earth. Same difference, no. if one interacts. Oh, no. What you don't think you don't think it's possible for one to do one round the Earth? Yeah. We're different to the sun. An orbit, an orbit of something, an object around the Earth, like a satellite, mm. uh, a man-made satellite, which follows uh, an elliptical orbit, uh, is depends entirely on how far out it is. Like the Moon does it in about uh, thirty days or something. A satellite does it in a day or so. So depends how far out it is. Yeah, right. And what it's doing at the time for breakfast, sort of thing. Possibly other variables as well, in other words. It's not, a, it's not an orbit anyway, it's just sort of coming in and, you know, veering around and going back. It's not a, a stable orbit. Yeah, well, uh, Mark's going to get out the calculators. What, what I'm saying is, we're, we're talking about whether a tide, a high tide, incredibly high tide, could be formed which covered Everest, say, mm. for 30 days mm. by an object which is in orbit. Say, you could even say it was in orbit around the, the Earth, but mm. we're, not, we're not saying that. We're saying it's um, actually being... We know it's not in orbit around the Earth, or else it still be in orbit around the Earth. Yeah. So its, uh, it's path would be relatively straight in comparison with distances on a solar system scale. Would you agree with that? Or it would be coming back regularly because it would be the cyclic um, motion of the orbit. If, if it was an orbit around the sun or any object uh, near us, yeah, that doesn't matter it would be coming the cycle, back. The cycle could be any length of time. No, we... Yes, it could be any length of Up time. Up to a million years, you know, it doesn't matter. The cycle could be so long that you can disregard it as being a cycle. Well, the, the longer the cycle is, yeah. right, the, the faster the object moves when it gets near its destination, where it gets near its um, gravitational field. How come? How come? Because the more elliptical... Um, can't put it in the right terms. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Um, what, well, everything... Longer and thinner, that's right. See, for a longer cycle, the path has to be longer and the ellipse has to have a, a smaller Does minor axis. But hang on, hang on, hang on. Does that mean that right. everybody that comes into one of these cycles yeah. is actually on an orbit? That has to be. In other words, it's got a body at the other end to take it around again. Well, it's a whole system of interactions, unless it's... It'll interact with other objects along the, on, along the way, so, so there's, there's it never won't follow a theoretical, perfectly elliptical orbit because it'll probably interact with other objects. If but, it goes but, out far enough, it'll, it'll start interacting with other stars and things. But that means that, in other words, that every object which does this, that sort yeah, of... Yeah, objects don't, just don't come past the solar system for no reason at all. They get attracted by the sun. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Right, And they're yeah. actually in orbit around the sun for yeah. that period of time, and they follow an elliptical orbit. Now, I didn't realise it was cyclic. Necessarily cyclic. It might be necessarily cyclic because if it gets trapped up with some other gravitational field um, up the other end somewhere, it'll just get lost and it'll get, it'll get start yeah, getting, going into an orbit around Alpha Centauri. Can you imagine it sort of 
being in one orbit and then getting trapped in another orbit. Well, I can, I can sort of imagine this is what I was I'm imagining. talking about orbits in inverted commas being the um, balance of centrifugal force with um, gravitational force. That's what I term an orbit. I'm just trying to think what's a good book on this topic that I've got and here I can bring up. Uh, <laughs> if the... If the uh, cycle, the uh, period of orbit of the orbit was very, very long, which it'd have to be because it hasn't occurred. What was how long ago was this meant to happen? Well, a few thousand years. Well, Halley's comet is some gives you some sort of guise to what sort of periods you get, but it depends on the mass of the object too, of course. Yeah, there's much longer. Well, yeah, but the longer the period is, yeah. the shorter. Or the faster it, it goes when it gets near the uh, the bend, the sharp bend in its orbit when it goes around the sun, because the minor axis is much smaller than the major axis for it to be a long period. Yeah. Because then the focus of the of the ellipse is much closer to the uh, edge. Yeah, yeah. What are we leading up to, though? What are, what are you leading up to? What I'm get leading up to is that it couldn't be if you take into account the uh, the time, the period of the orbit. Yeah. Uh, what we're saying is that the forty it couldn't be um, in orbit around the sun for forty days to occur, or even around the Earth, forty days to produce a, a tidal uh, movement like that. You it, say it's impossible. Round yeah, to be around the Earth for forty days and not come back, or. We didn't um, say it was. We didn't say it would never come back. No, it hasn't even well, been hasn't, mentioned. Well, I'm not no, saying no, it would. No, that that's irrelevant. No one suggested that. Hey. Why, why hasn't it been? If it's coming back, or if it's still, if it's coming, going to come back, wouldn't it? Would you agree then that it must be in some type of orbit, which is involved with our solar system? First of all. Did we did we discover or, or did we not discover that it's necessary for things to be in a cyclic orbit well, that I repeats itself indefinitely? You know, I sort of picture odd bodies wandering through various solar systems, being attracted here, being attracted yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And going on forever like that, without there being any cycle about it at all. Whether they come back or not is really irrelevant. What I'm saying is, if it actually came past, it was attracted by our sun, which is the only, which is the Ma most massive thing in the area um, and when it is in attracted by our sun yeah. it is in effect in orbit in inverted commas around our sun for that period of time because it is in a balance equilibrium of uh, centrifugal force and gravitational force in that period in, in which that's where the or orbit the term orbit means that balance uh, just getting off that for a sec um, mm. just thinking back to the where we started from is there any particular stability factor about the Earth being at whatever it is, 26 and a half degrees? Uh, the or is that just completely accidental? Sort of. That. Is there any reason? I mean, could it exist quite happily at other azimuths? That I'm not completely sure well, of. It all I hinge do it. know. It does hinge on that. I do know that. Because what Mark said right at the very start that sort of began all this was he disbelieves that it would wobble back. Oh well, it, I would agree that once the once the axis is um, sitting there, you have to have a force to make it, to um, make it move. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, 
Now, is there anything, whether, whether magic, or not the, anything magic about the 26.5 that it would wobble back to it? I don't think so. Looking at other planets, they're on all, uh, all different axes. Yeah, of course there's not. But um, I, what I was thinking of is the peculiar effects of that axis um, uh, in connection with... Go away, uh, in connection with gyroscopic effects of the Earth, but that's getting rather complex and off the subject. But you know, the 26 and a half degrees is is um, is no special figure, Irrelevant. but it does produce special effects. Excuse me, how deep did they say the water went? They said it went so many feet above the deep, the highest mountain. Don't recollect myself. Probably the volume of the water is not anyway. Yeah, I, I can get onto that. I, I don't know. That's a bit doubtful as to whether the volume of water on Earth's enough to do that. But we're talking about no, we're talking about bulges, so that's probably yeah. fair enough because yeah. the the deepest point of the ocean is deeper yeah, than we'll the highest mountain. Yeah, put it back to Tim. He might. I, I don't know whether they said so. that it covered mountains anyway. It just covered it, enough. It did. It covered enough land to get rid of most living. No, we were talking about it covering mountains because the arcs landed, you know, fifteen thousand feet up or something, isn't it? Oh, we didn't. What? We never. We never concluded as to whether that. Uh, you know, whether really whether it actually was that whether it landed on a mountain or whether that mountain was formed later. Mm. That was never. Sort of that was one of the questions on I was bringing up early on in this I don't. I think it's pretty well established there's been no mountains formed recently of that height. That is is established geological fact, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I'm pretty sure of that. I'm pretty sure... In what really did happen, of course, was that uh, there was this big storm and there was this big glacier and a lot of water and people got very uptight and they thought, oh, we better save all the animals, so they made this Noah's Ark and they got all the animals in and after a period of time, well, the story got passed on, you see, and, and the story got passed on from one generation to another and um, eventually the whole earth was covered by water and uh, every animal and every species got collected, you see. Yeah. Doesn't that seem reasonable to you? Sounds to me like Phillips mm. had a bit too much exposure to the maze. He's taking on quite no. a few of his characteristics. I'm no, no, no. Arrogance for one. I'm just putting on a false authoritarian voice. Yeah, we realise that quite well, yes. But, but we have noses. Can you, can you take my point? Oh, it's actually a serious... Seriously. That's what I think has happened. I mean, that's the way I treat well, it. If, if you, you want to get off the, off the topic... If you stop to think, Philip, if you were listening to yes. my comments earlier, you would realise that that's exactly what I've been thinking. Yeah, OK. That's why I was so amazed that um, all that Tim right. brought up. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's uh, obviously what everybody thinks. Hmm. So you're not well, saying anything of, at all. Well, so, a lot of people disagree with me when I bring that sort of thing up. I mean, I'm glad that you can see the logic, but look, some people look, will Philip, fight with me all night. Most people are like you. They're completely cynical about just about everything. But it was just sort of interesting to hear Tim bring that up. Hmm. Well, when I hear things like that being brought up, I sort of... Jump on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fair enough. As I said, I think you've had too much exposure to the maze. To the maze? Yeah. Mm. Getting a bit mazy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if Tim's still there. Oh? I'd be to see if Tim's still there. He's probably wishing he'd never brought <laughs> up the Noah's Ark. Yeah. Subject that good... got him off the air. Well, oh. It's been a good cross band, actually. Mm. Yeah. Vaguely interesting. I'll drop off and see if Tim's still there. What happens with the ones that aren't logged? It's being logged. Oh. I started logging about an hour and a half ago again. Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> the trouble is... Yeah. The trouble is... The trouble it, is... It is a fact. It does exist. It is there. You see? It's all true. It happened. Well, that was that, that amazed me in the first place, actually, but... Um, We're not disputing that. 
Yeah, we realise no, that. we're disputing so how it got there and all yeah, these I know theories. That. Yeah, okay. Well, don't start that up again. No, point number one. I was amazed when Philip, uh, when um, Tim brought up the thing that it was there. That amazed me. Yeah, that's. It, we never heard about it. Um, the second bit I'm now confused over because I got shot down in flames about three times no, in four well, that minutes. Was, that was only one theory. You see, the other theory was there was a lot of volcanic activity apparently at this point in time, and they believed that it, uh, uh, possibly at that time there was. Um, a complete cloud coverage all around the earth of you know water droplets and whatever water vapor and everything and that um there was volcanic activity also at this time up into the atmosphere and the water condensed and fell as rain and gradually it was like mars is or whatever venus is today it was like that around the earth possibly this time they think it could have been caused by an asteroid the shift in the axis and you know all this sort of stuff you know there's a few theories going on nobody sort of made a decision the trouble the only thing is that the bible and scientific you know and archaeological thinking all lead to the same thought that there was a flood at, you know back five thousand years ago four mm. and a half thousand years ago and they've dated the wood and this is the only wood that exists on this mountain there's no trees there's nothing within cooey of it mm. the only wood that exists on this mountain is a bit they've dug up from the ark out of you know, when they have had a chance to... There's only a couple of expeditions have successfully found the thing. Mm. Um, I suppose it's like anything else. Every theory that's brought up um, by one scientist, you'd have ten others that would shoot it down sort of thing and yeah, well, possibly advance their own or just rubbish the other ones. The Russians apparently sent up two uh, thingos of troops up there, whatever they... Companies. Yeah. And they measured all this. They measured the art. They found it. They measured it completely. Yeah. However, the the relevant data got back to Russia just at the time that there was an overthrow in the government which was back in 18 something I think or something yeah, about that long ago yeah. no it mustn't have been it must have been later than that yeah because what happened was two Russian that's right two Russian flyers flew over it they reported it and they sent out an expedition to measure it all up which they did at this time that there was uh, just as this information got back all it was all destroyed because of an overthrow in the government at that time so um, that all that was lost but they had pictures and everything of it, and they've taken the wood back and they tested it with carbon-14 that turned out that they got figures like anywhere between 1,000 and 3,000 years old, which didn't match, and so they dated it by a couple of other methods, and they used a few different scientific groups to uh, to do the tests on it, you know, in uh, oh, several different places, and they came up with uh, between 4,480 years and 5,800 years old, which matched. And they've also, they showed on this, um, some sort of a satellite they've got up, apparently, the Yanks, they've got up a satellite where they can watch the mineral situation on the Earth. And this thing sends back um, some information that they can uh, actually display, and they can look for a particular mineral by its reflectivity to whatever they use to define it with. And they, they um, got it to do the this mountain in Turkey where Noah's Ark was and they testing it for uh, for wood. Now the only place on the mountain that wood is, there isn't any, there's none growing, there's none there, there's none ever been there, but they, they did a check on it and up popped this spot where they found the Ark and it showed up on the screen. Well it, it was very interesting, you know, to watch it was all done. Mm -hmm. But um, it's there and I never even knew about it, I, I never even knew anybody had ever looked for it. Well, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't I read an article about it. 
That was when I first found out about it, about last year. I read an article about expeditions. Uh, oh, that's when the earthquake was. There was another earthquake then. Oh. And they had a, there was a bit of, there was a bit more of it unearthed. It gets unearthed and then sort of gets covered up again every now and again by this glacier it's sitting in. I'm just trying to think of the name of the mountain still. I can't think of what it is. But yeah. they had all old newspaper reports with all these expeditions and things that have been up there and there's quite a few of them been up there and all through World War Two they used to fly over it and they'd see the ark there and bits and pieces of it and they'd taken pictures of it. I never heard about that. And quite recently too, you know, it's still been going on but they know it's there. It's very, it, it'd be difficult, a rather large task to get the thing off the mountain. It's just, it's really fascinating just to think the thing's there at this very minute. Yeah, that's right. That's it something is. that you just regard as a, as a complete fig of one's imagination. Yeah, even the, you know, the U-2 spy plane thing yeah. they had up, yeah. they took a picture of it from, you know, over high it was, it's a huge thing, this, this arc, and they've it got is. a picture of it a bloke took um, back a few years ago when he, he climbed this mountain, Yeah. and um, you could see it sitting in a, it was, must have been during the summer period, because there's very little snow about, and he'd taken a picture of it, and you could see it sitting in a, clear as a bell, you know, this thing, and it fitted exactly all of the, the description in the Bible and everything. Yeah. And, um, you know, there were several different pictures and sketches of it, you know, sitting in various places there, but it's, it's there, and the re only reason that they haven't touched it is because it's right on the Turkish Russian border. Yeah. You know, and the Yanks can't do it, and the Russians haven't bothered or something, and, you know, so it's there, it stays, and you're saying how unfortunate it is that, you know, this thing's got a stay there, un unmoved because of politi politics, you know. It's incredible. Yeah, I'm on sign off this point, I've got to go to work. Well, that's politics for you. Yeah, OK, Tim. But most enjoyable uh, joining in. Yeah, likewise. I'll keep yeah. an ear open for you in future. Rightio. I don't know what, what, what I'll be doing after the fish reaction last night. Still. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, if you get a chance, you want to go and have a look at this movie. It's really interesting. Yeah, I, I walked past it in the city and saw it up on a billboard. Yeah. I sort of gaped slightly. I thought, oh, you know, who'd want to go and see if it was... Like, I, I imagine it was one of these biblical-type spectaculars or something. Oh, no, no, it's a documentary. There's yeah. a bit of a story at the start to tell you the story of Noah, but that's just uh, to explain for all the uh, atheist types, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, but oh. after that, um, they, they sort of go into it just as a documentary, exploring all the if sows, whys and wherefores, and uh, they slowly get in it, and you don't really see anything until near the end, you know, of course, so that you'll stay there. Uh, they don't tell you too much until the end. They just go into the relevant paraphernalia and all the stories tied up with it, which was what I found most interesting to think there'd been so much publicity about all this. Mm. And we've never heard about it, Andy. I, I haven't spoken to anybody yet that's even, that even knew that this is even happening, you know, that mm. Noah's Ark still lived, sort of. Mm. But, oh, well. Uh, it's all, it's apparently in perfect nick and sitting up there, you know, bright as but it's all covered in pitch and bog feet long and high. Mm. Quite visible. Yeah. Incredible. Anyway. I'll try and get to see that one. It's well worth I think seeing. we might go and see that. The other one I've got to go and try and see is that uh, that war thing. Yeah, we're going there on Tuesday. Oh, Which one's that? All of this in World War Two. No, no, the other one. Oh. Um, the one that was banned on, um, you know, Mark just went and saw it. What was it? What's war the name of it? War Games. War Games, yeah. Oh, oh war, not Star War. No, War Games, the um, anti-uranium type. What that science fiction stuff, you know? No, it's not science fiction. It's no, no, I said you like that science Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that Star as Wars as is a really good show. Oh, yeah. I saw a bit of it on television and geez, it was well photographed and it looked really good. I like that stuff too, because it looks good, you know? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I saw one around Christmas time. I can't remember the name of it now, but 
some of the colouring effects they come up with and those things are quite incredible. Mm. Yeah, it looks you'd, real. You'd it? want to go in there with your Sennheisers, I think. <laughs> well, I've heard in. about uh, a friend of mine went and saw 2001. Yeah. Well, that was terrific. Well, listen, I saw it. I, I thought it was a good film to see. Anyway, he went in there. Anyway, he, he thought, ah, ideal. So he went and put his Sennheisers on and went in and saw it again. Yeah. And you know how you tr- you look at the screen and already, um, if you look at that funny psychedelic effect, you almost feel like you're travelling along th- you know, through it. Yeah, it's sort of like a trip, isn't it? Yeah, it's like completely almost having a trip anyway. And he, he reckoned it was just so incredible when it got to that part of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought that I'd like to see that film again, actually. Yeah, I saw it when I was about four or something. <laughs> Gee. Nah, I can hardly remember. I always remember the music was terrific, and it was in Cinerama, wasn't it? Um, yes, it was. Yeah. No, it, was it wasn't. No, it wasn't Cinerama. Yes, it was. No, because Cinerama you could always see the joints. Cinemascope. They had three cameras running. You could always see the joins in Cinerama. I don't recollect seeing them in that. Anyway, Cinerama was always on a semi-curved screen, too. Yeah, well, well, that's right. I saw it in that theatre. Saw it. Oh. Oh, by the way, sir, it was very, very wide screen. I remember that. Because it was on at the drive-ins, too, so it couldn't have been Cinerama. I saw it at Cinerama when it first on. It wasn't yeah. in Cinerama, no, though. See, it would have been on about six years ago, wouldn't it? It's yeah. like Cinerama's a, oh, a no, particular geez. process. No, it's more than six years. We yeah, have... let's see. That would have been about eight years ago. Nah, it's longer than that, even, I think. I saw it when I was about 10 or 12 or something like that, 10 I reckon. Mm. No, I remember we went to a couple of Cinerama films and we mm. sat back there all the way through the films looking for the joins, which were always, re- there was a sort of a, an out of focus effect in two parts of the screen. Yeah, that was the Wild 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 West. Yeah, and, uh, that's right. Uh, what was the other one? There was um, that one with the um, roller coaster trip in it. I want to see that one. The submarine one too, wasn't it? Yeah. Don't recollect the submarine one. Uh, yeah, Must be a pain running a film like that. I remember the roller coaster one. Yeah. Just in, oh yes, crackle away, mate. The roller coaster thing was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There's another one out there. What's that one? Century. Oh, yeah, that was for earthquake and. Um, no, no, there's new the roller coaster. It's called roller coaster. Yeah, that's the latest one. But I mean, that was the process they, the, oh, the name yeah. they gave it. <laughs> when they bring speakers in and um, shake you around with the sound mm. as the film rolls on. That's a useless film to watch in the drive-in. Yeah, well, that's, we saw 2001 at the drive-in once and it was just laughable. Oh, we could hardly work to watch Noah's Ark, and no, we'd hardly hear him talking because it started to rain. They're running about 100 milliwatts of audio through the speaker, you know. Is this at the, at the RAF or something? No, 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 it's a drive-in, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drive-in, drive, you know, you go there and you, <laughs> you turn it up to listen to the music or something, or yeah. you couldn't even hear him talking tonight. That's how low they had it. It was, it was wicked, you know. Yeah, I remember one drive-in we went to once, they had it up so high it was distorting, it was badly clipping. It got so bad at one stage I jumped out of the car and went over to the projection box and walked in and sort of asked to know what the hell was going on. Yeah, he he turned it down, but um, it was quite interesting having a look actually. He got all these racks of 807s, yeah. 807 amps. Yeah. You You'd take... think they'd have a VU meter that was all calibrated so the thing would be just You'd right. think the guy would have at least some sort of ear to know when it was all clipping. Yeah. You know, it was clipping on even the medium loud passages. They seem to, um, yeah. they seem to, um, it's affected by how many people, because you know, the more people you got in there to turn the speakers on, the worse the situation gets. You, you sound all the drops away to nothing, and then I suppose they start up the show the next night, nobody comes to it. But they, they wouldn't go around and turn them all down or anything, would they? Or turn them all off before the show starts? 
No, yeah. no, they don't turn them all off. They're all still going. Drive up beside them, they're going flat out of a night, you know. But yeah. they, they turn it up with the amount of capacity that's in the joint. But I think what they do is you might have a real busy night one, say, a Saturday night, and then Sunday night it might be pretty quiet. They've left a sand level set from the night before and you walk in and think blast you out of the car. But you can just turn it down anyway. You'd reckon they'd just leave it up at the maximum level that they could run it at. Yeah, would you think so? You've got volume controls on every speaker anyway. But then just the wall we had a flat out tonight and it was up about a couple hundred milliwatts of sand. It was high plus, you know. Gee, that crackle's getting obnoxious. Has anyone seen Logan's run? Yeah, that was the yeah. one, That was the one, Philip, the thing I saw at Christmas time. That was a ripper. That's a good show, that. Mm. Oh, you, you did see that. What did you think? Apart from it was a ripper. Oh, hang on. What's going on? I'm going to bed anyway. Good night, all. Yeah, night, Tim. Thanks for the contact. Yes, nice, mate. Good evening. It's been very good. Right, I think the crackles are gone. Yeah, what did you say, Philip? Sorry, I was just getting the B47 sorted out. Cheers. Toodle. Right, see you. What did you say? What did, you. I, what did I think of it apart from what? And apart from it was fantastic, or whatever you said. Oh, I just I just really enjoyed the, the sort of effects. Like, they're pretty reasonable. The, the guy, also, from a character portraying point of view, who played... Was that Peter Ustinov? I don't know any characters. I, I watch films and I, I see the characters as they are in the film and not the actors, unfortunately. You know, that's what I'm like. I, I just don't know any film characters by name. I watched the film and... Oh, well, obviously, neither of you can tell me who he was. Um, right. The guy that played the old um, the old man at the end. You think he was incredible? Yeah. He reminded me of the guy in 2001, but that's about all. Oh, my God. What, because they were both old? That's right. Uh, that's what No, it was some very well-known guy. But I, I mean, I can't remember because I'm almost the same way, but it, was just sort of, it just seemed so real and so so sort of reasonable. And yet he was a, he's a real character. Some Whatever character he was trying to project, however he saw it, it just sort of shone through. It's really incredible. Did but, you um, find an incredible effect when they, um, the film suddenly changed from inside this incredible yeah, science Yeah, when they came outside. Yeah, they outside the, real the world. natural world. Yeah, which Did, that, that seems so incredible. Yeah, the, the transition was just. Yeah. I think so they might have even used special colour film for that. Yeah. Mm. But the and, and the effects of the White House all draped in in old vines and creepers and. Everyone wandering around inside it, and the whole place in a complete wreck with all these cats wandering around. Hmm. It was all fantastically done. Mm. You sort of oh. wonder, you know, regardless of the amount of money they might have to spend on the bloody thing, you still wonder how they do it. Things like that. Sort you of do. Transfer. Yeah, I, I would have thought that if that film had as much money as 2001, they could have made it a, as successful. Did it have as much, did it? Well, it's, to me, it's, uh, the implications were as good, although they wouldn't. They had little bits, parts of the story which were not um, feasible, but they could have made it, if they spent enough money, I'm sure they, they could have got around those yeah. and um, made it into a, a 2001 type of effort. Mm. Mm. Now, Kubrick is a perfectionist in the sense that he, he sort of looks at films... Um, in every sense, including the sorts of senses that you know that we look at them in, that there has to be absolute perfect realism, that to the point where no one can criticise it. Mm, that's, that's what right. Kubrick's like. But um, well, that was my only. Logan's run wasn't made by Kubrick. Just my, made, 
I mean, you know, uh, sort of, if you compare it to things made by Kubrick, it sort of falls short. But if you compare it to anything else, it sort of stands quite high, Logan. Right? That's right, yeah. Kubrick's a bit of a, a maniac. Things like that. I wish those bloody crackles would go away. I oh, know, they're most worrying. It's sort of 50% of the audio there. Hmm. I'll just drop Carrie for a sec. Yes, alright. That seems to... Oh, yes, it cured it for five seconds, eh? What did you I think often of... wonder where they come from. Oh. Uh, what did you think of the effects in their... Um, what do you call it? Their... Uh, the ritual they, they had when people got to 30, I forgot what they called it. Now. Yeah. They went to Carousel or something. Yeah, yeah. And they, they got renewed. Yeah. And uh, they stood around um, with masks on. Did you see that one, John, by the way, the film? No, I didn't actually oh, see it in the end. I was just wondering whether you were... That wasn't the one you went and saw with Bonnie, was it? Well, it was the one that I was meant to see with Bonnie, except she didn't turn up. Hmm. Oh, I bought her a ticket and stood there for an hour after it started and she didn't turn up. Oh, you got there an hour after it started? No, I waited I waited outside the theatre for an hour after it had already started waiting for Bonnie. Did, did you miss any of the actual... No, no, I, only, I, I asked when the actual yes, main film yeah, started and yeah. it was... I got in about five minutes before it started. So I didn't miss any. I must say it'd be annoying if you went as far as buying someone a ticket and they didn't turn up. Yeah. Especially seeing as when I saw her next, she just sort of abused me. Mm. Anyway. For some reason, that film had an incredible effect on me. Whether it was just I hadn't seen many films for, or a film for so long, or whether I was just in the right mood, or it was just a fantastic film, but when I walked out, I just just felt incredible, an incredible daze about the whole... You know, about the whole thing. Well, I must say, because I only see about one film in three years or two years or something, I find usually films probably have a lot more effect on me than they would if I, if I saw them regularly. Well, if, if you look at it in the terms of, um, of escapism, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Well, you know, you're just, you're just in a completely different world. It just takes you away. Mm. Yeah. It's good when you can get things like that. You compare it to some of the old films from the 1940s or the 1950s, Ugh. which is just absolutely a yeah. joke. Oh. Most of them are, anyway. Because mm. a lot of thought went into that. Oh, I sort of tried to pick the implications out, you know, or didn't really try, but they just sort of came out all the way through mm. to me. Mm. This whole thing seemed... Uh, very appropriate. I like that business about pressing a button for whoever you want to sleep with tonight. Yeah, well, you know, that's <laughs> Yeah. Well, you, you have a computer system whereby people who want some sex um, in... There's no such thing as marriage. onto the list. Marriage doesn't exist, and when marriage. you're going to bed at night, mm. you just sit there and punch up a few buttons. Well, no, it's, it's, it's more complex than that. If you want sex, you put yourself onto a, a channel in the computer which allows other people to review you. So, in other words, everybody who's in this channel yeah. wants sex. Yeah. So, you just go through and you select at random um, different people and you get both sexes. Uh, and you have to wait until you, you pick the person you like. Yeah. And they, they, they physically um, materialise in the little... Um, cavity in the, in the room and they walk out and, oh, good day, you know, <laughs> sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> what an incredible system. I wonder if you could get that going on 160, Tony. I wonder. 
I'm just, I'm just retuning six at the moment. It's crackling like me. Mm. Oh. It's a bit of a nuisance when it crackles. Wonder, wonder if we could arrange some system, you know, hook up. Wasn't Joe fiddling with computers? Perhaps That's we could true. get him to hook up some computer to 160 so we could arrange that. Whoops. Yeah. That's incredible. The tuning on the B47's gone right off. Hang on. Just tune the last trimmer. Oh, the last trimmer doesn't make a scrap of difference What's anyway. What's the time? I'll be at two or something. What? It's four o'clock. Gee, it is two. Four, is it? Well, yes. the time. I beginning to feel a little tired. Oh, well. Oh, well. I thought it was about two. Why didn't I retune about an hour ago? Hmm. Oh, these old valve things. It's about time tune. I went to bed if I want to get up at a room. Yes, right, I will sign. I find it incredible with that B47, though, that an ordinary tuned circuit like an RS stage can drift off tune. It's not one, there's six tuned circuits and they're all off. I know, I find it it's incredible. Amazing. I don't know what it is. The C42 doesn't do that. Mm. No, it must be just this B47, maybe it's got a stack of bum valves in it or something. Mm. All have electrode structures that go crunch into each other or something when they heat up. Who knows? Yeah, well, I've never, I've never ever put any new valves in it. Yeah. Mainly maybe, because I... Uh, maybe they've got some bum ceramics on their tuned circuits. Well, I, that's the thing that the army rigs, they can... That's it, yeah. The, the army instructions say that all the tuned circuits have ceramic compensation on them. Yeah. Well, or maybe was, Plessy forgot them on this one. If that was to go completely up the creek, mm. the whole thing would just go for a wreck. Go for stuff. Oh well. We've filled up about three tapes tonight and I haven't been logging all the time anyway. Mm. Should have edited edit a few good programs out of that. Mm. Yes, I'll have to edit that bit out where I made a complete idiot of myself about half an hour ago. I'll have to listen to that again. Uh, anyway. Well, this is the thing. I always feel that if I'm going to really argue a point about some principle, I always like to actually have... I, th I think I know what I was thinking of, by the way. There's, if you have a, an inelastic collision with two bits of putty, um, yeah, the guy was making the point that, oh. that energy is conserved in the sense that um, the, lo the loss in kinetic energy is transformed into a rise in temperature of the bodies. Right, of course. Yeah. But you know, momentum's totally of? destroyed. That's what I was thinking of, because I was thinking, what do planets, suppose <sighs> they did collide, what do they look like? Would they look like ball bearings or lumps of putty? Who knows? We'll wait momentum still conserved, but the momentum is so small that it doesn't appear to do much. Like if you throw a piece of putty on the Earth's surface, the momentum is conserved and the Earth moves slightly. But no, but you can have you can have two balls of putty in outer space, both travelling towards each other at some you know relative velocity. Yeah. Anyway, for all the listeners, if you want to hear the answer to all these questions, tune in next the time. still conserved, Tony, because the vectors... The vectors hmm. No, no, it's an in inelastic, an inelastic collision this time. Yeah, inelastic, that's right. Those crackles so aren't modulating with my conserved. audio, are they? Can't you still see that? There's, there's a vector in one direction. Yeah. Say it's equal to the vector in the opposite direction. There's, there's two bodies coming towards each other. Yeah. And they've both got a momentum vector, which is... Oh, hang on, is that it then? That, um, when they hit, the momentum's cancel and the momentum is still conserved because the original momentum is zero. If the original momentum wasn't zero, then it'll move one direction or the other. Yeah, if you one more station, you throw the other one out, I'll go up.
Yeah, because I was talking. Well, in that case, it's the other way around, is it? That momenta is always unconditionally conserved, whether it's elastic or inelastic. But energy is not always. Energy is not conserved. Or kinetic energy is not. But the total energy is always conserved. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he made the point that the rest of the energy goes into heat, so you can. Right. Yeah. Well, that's. You can still get your your balances right. Ah. The point is that if there are two balls, if they say steel balls, which will have an elastic collision, um, they'll both bounce away from each other, yeah. and they'll both keep going back, but, but the total momentum of the system will still be zero. They'll both bounce off in opposite directions. Yeah, so regardless of the type of collision. That's right, um, regardless of any condition. Total momentum is always conserved, always conserved. That's right. but uh, kinetic energy not right. necessarily. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, okay. All right. Well, that's that okay. point argued to to its uh, limit <laughs> to the death. Mm, that's yeah. right. Uh, I'm disgusted now because the first mm. half of that tape was beautiful. It was really interesting, and the last bit was really interesting. And there's that great fight in the middle of it. <sighs> the most interesting event of the night. Oh, well, it probably was from some respects, but if I listen back to that, every time I hear that, I'm going to be totally disgusted because I'll hear myself Actually, arguing like fury for about 15 minutes. I, and I would have much rather that the argument didn't occur, but the discussion, you know, continued sort of... Yeah, likewise. Because every time what? I hear that argument played back, I'm going to listen to myself for 15 minutes calling everybody an idiot. Then you're going to have to erase it. Well, I can't because it's right in the middle. Oh, you I'm have to redub the tape. So it's going to... I'll dub it off. Sort of spoils the... <laughs> spoils <laughs> listening to it. We'll have it to listen to. But it's good listening to arguments because you can pick up where your own yeah, logic you falls down. Or you can see you your own logic. probably find the stews logged mm. anyway, so you won't succeed in erasing it anyway. Because whenever I've heard tapes of arguments, I normally you know, think that I'm, I'm thinking quite logically, but I'm not putting things the right way in the argument when I listen later to the tape. Or I have done this. Mm. And you listen later to the tape and you realise how you weren't putting what you were thinking in the right way and it, um, mm. the meaning of what you said was, could easily be misinterpreted and that's where the argument sort of all came from. And mm. Well, there is some quotation came into being in the first place. Oh, the one for me, and this one was quite simple because I was just quite simply asked about it. Well, there's an interesting quotation that speech is the most unreliable form of communica communication that exists. Well, in my case, it's thinking is the most wonderful. No, well, I think it's speech, because if you've got paperwork in front of you, you can sit down and you can get to the point, but if you talk to someone else, they often, you often end up talking cross-purposes, and at the end you've, you find you've raved for half an hour, but the whole time you're talking cross-purposes and you think you've got somewhere, and a few hours later it occurs you've got nowhere. Hmm. But speech is the most interesting form, too. I mean, it's all right to say, OK, I'll sit down and I want to argue a point with someone, so I'll sit and write them a letter about it. But it's nowhere near as interesting. I mean, because you write the letter giving your side, and they either write back a letter... It's not interactive. Refu ...refuting your mm. argument... No or, feedback. ...or agreeing or with you. Delayed feedback. And um, that's, that's the end of it. But, mm. you know, if you have a verbal argument, it usually just sort of continues on and uh, leads to more interesting things. If you ever really feel like a good argument, Joe is the best person to have one with. Oh, because he goes blue, red and purple? He, he just cannot stand having an argument. Mm. Um, Look, I, mu I must say, just getting off that for a second, I thought it was rather impolite of you to drop your carry with all that laughter on top of Tim. That was what got my back up. What? Did you know, we? When, when, the, when the carry came on after he made the comment about the, the original comment that started it all. Oh. 
instead of this carrier well, plopped on with all this hollow, well, hollow that. laughter all okay, over the top of point taken. That was sort of, that got me irritated. That, that is a bit impolite, I thought it was too. Anyway, that was well, just by the Well, if we weren't on the same channel, we would have laughed just the same. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think that was the... I, I didn't push the button, but I think that's the way I thought about it. Yeah. But then I've noticed a lot of impolite things go on, so there... Well, a lot of impolite things go on everywhere, but anyway, I just... Yeah, getting back to Joe anyway. Oh, all right, point, point taken on that. Yes, it's a pity we happen to be on the same channel, but uh, I thought that... Oh, I found it so hilarious, but couldn't produce a laugh equal to that, and so... Uh, yeah, I sort of thought mm. that, that... No, fortunately, I mean, Tim, Tim wasn't offended or put off in the least, obviously, so that was all right, but anyway. Yeah. But if you think something's Getting funny, I reckon you should um, express the, the, the fact, even though... Oh, there's there's such a thing as tact. Yeah, I Yeah, there so. is. Oh, you must admit it led to one of the most interesting discussions we've had on 160. You might think so. <laughs> that, <laughs> that particular bit. No, <laughs> Not the whole thing. Anyway, you getting back to Joe, you do well, stir him too much, was, I'm afraid. Was, was putting up a, um, a sarcastic sort of argument anyway until I realised that it was actually serious when you started actually seriously arguing and that's what struck me, that's why I started really... No, he, he just quite straightforwardly said, well, one scientist had said this and then your great hollow laughter came on. Saying, oh, come on, you know, this sort of thing. And it seemed to me that he was being perfectly straightforward and just relating the facts of the film. Hmm. And you're sort of laughing all over the top of him. <laughs> anyway, it just sounded hmm. a bit... I thought it sounded a bit much. Anyway. Too much. Too much. Well, I'll have to hear that again to see. 